Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Nourish Bad Pod. I am your host, Meg. And I'm Carrie. And today we're going to talk about all things bloating and body positivity and all that good stuff related to digestion um, and some of the things that we've been seeing on social media lately regarding this, these two topics. And this kind of was kicked off by Carrie's post. When did you post about um, the kind of bloating TikToks or reels that you were seeing? Was that a few weeks ago now? Um, it might have been one to two weeks ago. Yeah. It was recent. Yeah, so there's been a trend recently of women primarily who are showing their stomachs throughout the day after mm-hmm. meals to kind of say, oh, you know, your stomach doesn't need to be flat all day. And you did a poll about it and it was really interesting. So we thought we would talk about this topic. And I'd also like to dive into bloating um, more generally and talk about why we bloat, what is normal, what is not normal with bloating when you should try to seek out a registered dietitian or other healthcare practitioner, et cetera, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. do you want to dive into that first, the kind of... uh, Yeah. I don't know if you've all been seeing this on Instagram and or TikTok, but there there were several videos that I saw on my Explore page on Instagram, and I thought it was really interesting. Like, as Megan said, it was like a video montage of like someone documenting their stomach throughout the day and showing that it got bloated, that it got bigger, that their stomach changed. And so I was really curious as to how people felt about these. Um, So I shared it on my Insta story. I put a poll first asking like, have you seen these at all? And I think Mm -hmm. about like 60-ish percent, 60 or 70 percent of people knew what I was talking about. And then in the following post, I said, just like, what are your thoughts on it? I'm very general, not trying to lead anyone one way or another. And I got I got a fair amount of responses. I got quite a bit of responses. And some people even messaged me personally with like almost like a rant, like several messages and even saying like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry for my rant. And I'm like, no, I love it. Like, tell me all your thoughts. Um, So I got a lot of mixed results and I thought it was really fascinating. So some people said things like, oh, it's weird, ridiculous. Um, A few people said that those videos, those reels were like misleading or a little bit showy, like show offy. Mm -hmm. One person, um, a woman who's a larger bodied woman said it upset her. She says, my tum is always big by trying to excuse their own. They are saying mine needs excusing too. And I thought that was really powerful. Other people mentioned thin privilege too, because the thing about these videos, the ones I've seen, these are all objectively very thin women, like thin young that even on their bloated side at the end of the day, they're still very thin. Right. Um, So some people talked about their thin privilege, the video, the people in the video, their thin privilege. Right. Because can well, yeah. and to that point, can you imagine a bigger woman like doing a video like that and getting praise? Exactly. <laughs> like that's that's the thing is it's just yeah, exactly. we have to acknowledge that. Definitely. So, um, so a lot of those kind of like negative opinions, you know, showed up. But then some people said that it was a positive thing. Some people said like mm-hmm. makes me feel better about myself, shows what real bodies actually look like, you know. So there were some positive things. Um, 
Oh, another, sorry, another negative comment that I wanted to share too is that people mentioned fat phobia. One person said mm-hmm. it seems fat phobic while trying to appear body positive. So yeah, it was it was awesome. Like I loved that I got a lot of responses and people were willing to share their thoughts with me. Um, I think it was mostly yeah. women that responded, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, it's like a lot of people have seen this one trend and then it's like for some people it's positive and it's good but then for others it's not and I yeah. I definitely thought I think I was leaning more towards the side of it being negative like I can tell it's well-intentioned but could be problematic and I was thinking from the perspective of you know weight stigma and people in larger bodies who maybe don't even notice a change throughout the day and mm-hmm. maybe Maybe that thin girl's bloated is like what they wish they could look like because that girl in the reel is still very thin at her bloated state. And so that's kind of what I was thinking about. But then it's really tough because you can tell those people are just trying to give a positive message. And then some people, it did make them feel better about themselves. They didn't give much more detail beyond that. Um, yeah the people who like dm'd me like were on the negative side when they were like ranting and sending multiple messages but um do you remember what some of those dms said because I when I saw your post about this and you like said you posted some of the responses in your stories yeah in that I was like that that was that was what made me go oh we need to do an episode about this this is really interesting so do you remember what those dms said at all um yeah I I already kind of mentioned them they talked about fat phobia oh yeah um and another another person brought up other similar trends and were like you know this reminds me of this and I see a problem with all of them because I think they're just showing thin privilege they're being a little bit show-offy and not genuine being inauthentic um so those kinds of things uh, yeah were what some of the people messaged me because it was too much to put in the little response box <laughs> right they only um, give you so much but room. I thought it was I thought it was great and really interesting and yeah I was like this would be a good thing to do a do an episode on because of all the mixed views on it and we could talk about you know other trends that are well-intentioned but might be problematic but since this one's about bloating I definitely want to get into the nutrition side of bloating Mm. um because the point of these videos was that bloating is totally normal and like these women like at the end of their reel had like really visible bloat and they're saying oh this is normal every day it's okay to bloat your stomach's gonna look different at the end of the day yep so yeah if you want to talk about bloating because this is more of your jam in your area oh yes you know me I love gut health I love yes. gut issues it's what I that's my specialty so anyway yes bloating or as I like to say I like to say distension stomach distension after a meal is normal especially when you're eating a large volume of food and a large volume of food that has lots of fiber because our gut bacteria, what, what causes bloating is really our gut bacteria feeding off of the food that we've ingested. And they produce gas when mm. um, they're digesting food. So um, our gut bacteria love fiber. And when we're eating a lot of food or eating a lot of fiber, they're going to produce more gas. And that gas causes bloating. So yes, if you have 
a little bit of distension after meals, especially if it's, you know, like a smaller amount, I would say nothing like crazy big, but if you're distension, you're going to, you're going to feel a little bit distended after every single meal that you eat. So is distension the like the sensation like what's the difference that's a great yes a great point so the way that I like to explain this is bloating is like the sensation of physical discomfort after you're eating whereas distension is literally just a visible change in somebody's waistline so you can have distension and bloating together you can have just bloating or you can have just distension it just kind of depends Mm. but um, distension is, is just the change in appearance of your okay. tummy. So okay. have you, you know, has anybody ever had a meal and, you know, their stomach was distended, but there wasn't actually any like large discomfort. Maybe like for some people, psychological discomfort happens because maybe if they have, you know, negative body image mm-hmm. around having a more mm-hmm. distended stomach, that can feel uncomfortable. But again, that's, it's very different than actual physical discomfort that somebody could feel after a meal and yeah so there's lots of there's lots of different reasons why somebody would experience like more severe bloating and with some of these videos it was interesting because a lot of the the individuals not a lot but some of them had very very distended stomachs after meals and you know if this is a persistent thing if you are extremely distended and especially uncomfortable after meals day in and day out and that's kind of a chronic thing then that could point honestly to a larger issue Mm. with the function of your gut it could be anything from like ibs to small intestinal bacterial overgrowth to dealing with certain food sensitivities I mean, there's just so many different things that can contribute to that. So while yes, distension after a meal is normal, I like to reserve the word bloating for when you're actually feeling that physical discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that can be confusing because people conflate the two a lot and bloating is used mm-hmm. for literally any time there's any mm-hmm. sort of visible bump you've got going right. on after a meal. <laughs> but um, I think they're I think they're different. And I use them differently in like a clinical setting for sure. So, so those reels technically are showing distension. Yeah, they're all showing okay. distension, but they're um, using whether... the word bloat. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And yeah. and I mean, and this is again, this is not like a super. There are other clinicians who use bloating and distension interchangeably. Mm-hmm. This is just how I personally like to do things because they're so conflated, and people just when we think of bloating, it's, there's a lot of negative connotations with that about how it's bad and it's this and it's that. And I like to just go, okay, well, yes, there is bloating that can point to a negative problem going on in your gut, but there's also like a very normal part of, you know, quote unquote bloating, which is distension in my mind. That's just, that's what happens after a meal. Your, your body is making room for that food. Like that's Mm -hmm. gonna happen, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. to me, it's not surprising at all to see such different opinions on these videos um because i think our culture does have a weird relationship with bloating like we expect people's stomachs to be flat 24 7. yeah Um, i was just thinking about all of the other videos news articles whatever that are like tips to get rid of bloat oh yeah like it's definitely seen as a negative thing and which is why i understand like yes these reels are well-intentioned because they're trying to say Mm -hmm. hey it's normal because there's so much of like you know are you bloated do this to get rid of the bloat so I think that's a good point that it is normal but 
maybe a fine line if it could be chronic and a symptom of something bad yeah exactly and so for those who of you who may be listening and are dealing with more chronic issues with bloating then uh that just i think that may be a sign that there's some digestive issues going on it should be addressed by a healthcare professional ideally i mean that's the work that i do and of course, you know, I, I have a website where you can 20 minutes do a discovery call with me and we can talk about it. <laughs> like, not to plug myself, but I'm going to plug myself. <laughs> do because it. this is an issue that, oh gosh, I so many people deal with. It's very, very normal. And I think it's really great, though, that people are trying to, like, normal, quote unquote, normalize dealing with distension after a meal. But yeah, it is a super fine line because also... You're right. The people who are are popularizing this trend are objectively super thin women who... Even in their bloated state. Even in their bloated state. And also, I feel like it could be problematic because... Now, this might be me just, like, going way overboard because sometimes I do that and, like, reading into things too much. But what if someone looks at that and says, oh, I can avoid bloating if I, like, don't eat... You know, in like, if I just make sure, like, maybe take laxatives, you know, like, try not to bloat because, wow, that girl looks so good at the beginning of the day in the morning Mm -hmm. before she's eaten breakfast and stuff. And so maybe I could do that. Now, that's just me. I'm not saying that's what people do, but I'm like, what if? Because, like, that's that's how the psychology of a lot of eating disorders works. I mean, it's so Mm -hmm. appearance based and it's very, like, comparison based mm-hmm. um and dare I say competition-y where mm-hmm. it's just like oh she looks like that I can do that and I can if I just did this then I'll look like her too it's just um mm-hmm. I think you bring up a really valid point I didn't even think about that but that's such a good point yeah it's a little and dark it's why but... it is but it's I think it's why it's important to be very conscious of like the kind of body related posts especially if you're showing your own body um, the kind of body-related posts you do online. And this is goes kind of back to our, our last episode where we were talking about bikini bodies and all that stuff. It's like there's so much empowerment this day. Uh, well, so much rhetoric around empowerment being around embracing your body and showing it off and this and that. But it's really a double-edged sword mm-hmm. because of, well, a lot of different reasons. But being so defined by your appearance is part of the problem. And we Absolutely. like making things so appearance based is is a huge part of why a lot of people are currently suffering with eating disorders, body dysmorphia, things like that. So um, to me, honestly, I just I don't love super body focused posts like this because it's just emphasizing our looks more (laughs) is there a way though to be a body positive account or like body positive influencer and not make posts about your appearance i think honestly i mean body positive without focusing on appearance i mean when i say appearance based posts what i'm talking about is like posting body shots so to speak obviously you're going to be talking about appearance and that's Mm -hmm. going to be the main focus like I think of um beauty redefined is a really good example Mm -hmm. of an account that and we've talked about our favorite we we love them (laughs) did I ever tell you guys that I won their book like in a giveaway I don't think I ever told you that Carrie no 
book. But I won That's their book and I'm awesome. I'm reading it and it's fabulous. I, I highly recommend it. If you are if you are looking to repair your relationship with body <sighs> image, so cool. I I think it's probably the best resource out there right now. Um What's the name Lindsay. of the book? It's called More Than a Body by Lexi and Lindsay Kite. Um, those are the two women. They're twins and they run the nonprofit. It's a nonprofit organization too. But anyway, I think their approach is honestly best. If you look at their account, they're not focusing on their own appearance. Yeah, there's no pictures they, of them really. They never really post. It's, it's and, text and if they do, based. it's, you know, it's pictures of them just, you know, at professional events or mm-hmm. whatever, or videos of them talking to a camera. I mean, nothing about their posts are like, right. this is our bodies. Look at it. We're confident even though whatever i mean they're objectively like good looking women but they don't they just they don't make that a part of their platform Mm -hmm. which i think is is what their research shows is so helpful is stop making everything about the way we look and stop making that the main focus yeah there's definitely a lot of research that does support that that it's the highly visual media as it's called Mm -hmm. and appearance based content that leads to negative effects and like there are studies Mm -hmm. that have done it with um groups like comparisons whereas like someone some participants looked at like travel accounts you know nothing Mm. that that would be categorized as like not appearance focused and then in the same study also had a group who did look at appearance accounts and so it's that's definitely the key when it comes to social media and its effects on your body dissatisfaction or satisfaction is the is the content and and we've talked about it but um yeah it's other accounts like travel accounts pet accounts (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know food accounts um don't produce those same negative effects no that makes total sense to me Mm -hmm. and so i think you know while these posts are very well intentioned like I said, they're still focusing heavily on appearance. They're highly visual media. So it mm-hmm. there's no there's no shock to me that a lot of people responded the way they did in a way that went, yeah, this isn't doing it for me. Yeah. And so, you know, this isn't the only semi-problematic trend out there on social media. Um, some other ones that I'd like to mention are... The ones, I see a lot more of this one, where it's people showing side-by-side pictures of them posing in a certain way and, like, looking thin, and then on the right side, like, undoing their high-waisted pants or whatever, or, like, changing and showing their stomach rolls and showing Mm, cellulite and those things, so... It's like the one photo they have, the, you know, the high-waisted leggings. They're posed really perfectly and look really cute. And then the next one, they have like their pants rolled down and they show their stomach hanging. And so that trend I see so much of for yeah. sure. And another similar one, uh, again, side-by-side pictures with like lighting. Like lighting and how you pose can affect the picture where they have, again, the perfect one on the left. And then on the right, they'll like hunch it looks quote unquote worse but then they're mm-hmm. saying this is normal see don't believe everything you see on social media because people can do this and that to look perfect so those are the other trends i thought about do you have any other ones yeah. that you know of to be honest i'm quite thankful that i don't see a lot of these i don't go on mm-hmm. tiktok and i don't follow a lot of accounts like that um 
but I mean, there's oh, there's so many of those like comparison type, the ca- side like side. side by side type. I things. see them mostly on my explore page, which uh, makes me yeah. feel better because it's like the accounts that I follow. I don't think I really don't think I've seen them from like people I follow personally. Um, yeah. it's mostly the explore page, which also like tells me like maybe I should stop getting getting on the explore page Gosh, the explore and like page. makes you think about the algorithm and it's like this is what they're putting out there on the explore page and i wonder these if things... it's because they're like oh she's talk she talks about body image let's so- show her this content um, probably it's, yeah it's like oh well that's the kind of stuff that i'm not <laughs> interested in but because a lot of those yeah. tags or whatever hashtags mm-hmm. probably have bopo and ed recovery or whatever totally. hashtags in there it's yeah that's probably why (laughs) um probably why which that's the thing which is like good and bad because it's like yes they're using the body positive hashtag but there's some issues with that and i saw this article recently it's from medium and just the quote from it that i really liked that i think applies to all of these trends honestly because in most of them they're all still really thin people um so the quote is the implication of these posts is usually that even thin, attractive people can have stomach rolls or bloating, so you shouldn't worry if you do. By reassuring people that they're not fat, these photos depict fat as bad, which is inherently anti-fat. End quote. And I really mm. like that quote because I think that captures a lot of what's going on yeah. with all of these trends. That bloating one, the side-by-side ones... It really does show, and I don't think these people, they're not like actively thinking about this, but I think it does show that crazy amounts of fat phobia that is in society that we need to constantly reassure like, oh, it's okay. Look at a roll on my stomach. Yeah, that's totally normal and fine. It's like, why are we at that point in society where we feel like we have to like explain that having rolls is normal like that's so sad i mean it literally (laughs) it is sad it it breaks my heart it's like it totally relates to the quote i mentioned earlier in the episode from one of the people on insta who responded to my thing she said by trying to excuse their own stomach they are saying mine needs excusing too remember i said that that totally ties in with that it's like excusing it or you know don't worry reassuring people that they're not fat it is anti-fat to do that I was just gonna say like since I have been interested and have done a little bit of research with like weight stigma I feel like weight stigma is like the last surviving stigma not surviving but like it's like what am I trying to say it's like the last stigma that we haven't really woken up to no. Like, we've woken up yeah. to other stigmatized things, but I'm, Sexism, like, wait. racism, Yeah, yeah, homophobia. all the other isms have that... been, people have been, like, awoken to. But, like, weight stigma, I feel like, is the one thing that I'm, like, we have so much ground to cover. Absolutely. And I think the, what we're talking about in this episode shows that because people aren't aware that what they're posting is actually a little bit problematic because it's a bit fat phobic. I think, yeah. Yep, and I agree with you. I think weight stigma is definitely one of the that, and I think ageism. Oh my god, ageism, ageism. is not talked about enough. Totally, but, totally. Uh, I agree. Those two, I think, are very, very, very 
important isms, you know, that Mm -hmm. our society just, yeah, we haven't got there yet, which is very sad, but I have, I have hope we will get there. I know we will. It just will take effort. (laughs) Um, but you're right. I mean, weight stigma is a a huge issue, not just in the medical field, but everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think people believe that, oh, well, weight is, you know, quote unquote, it's within your control. So if it's something that you can control, well, I don't, you know, major eye roll. Yeah. And, and while, while yes, I think weight is a little bit more controllable than things like race or sex or sexual orientation, it's definitely not, you know, there, there is body diversity and we need to be able to accept that. And we haven't gotten to a place where we've accepted that in this society. And that is what body positivity is. Sorry. Yes. Didn't mean to interject. No, I think you're completely right. Um, one thing that I wanted to point out from that as well, in that quote you mentioned earlier, a lot of these trends are reassuring, reassuring people that they're not fat. And I just want to say that bloating has absolutely nothing to do with fatness. <laughs> nothing. Um, there is uh, there's no correlation between how much you weigh and the amount that you bloat. Okay. You can be the thinnest person in the world and bloat because of bloating bloating just it's it's entirely digestion based so but you know we we tend to view larger stomachs in general as like being bloated quote unquote when in reality a larger person they may be bloated they may not be bloated so to just view a a, a stomach that's not completely fat as bloated is part of the problem as well well is there anything else on bloating you want to add and circle back to yeah, yeah. So we can we can circle back to some of the more physiological reasons for bloating. Um, so, like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of different things that can cause bloating. Things like IBS, which is something that actually a lot of people deal with. Um, mm-hmm. SIBO, which basically means um, it's, it stands for small intestine bacterial overgrowth, and Um, That basically means there's bacteria in the smaller part of your intestine that shouldn't be there and feed off of a lot of the things that you're digesting. And because of that, um, it produces that, you know, those bacteria produce gas and things like that. Food sensitivities also um, can cause bloating a lot of the time due to um, water being pulled into the gut through osmosis and um, because of that you can have a distended stomach chronic constipation because when you're backed up and things aren't moving as fast through your gut it's going to slow down that digestion like I mentioned and Mm -hmm. your bacteria are going to have a longer time feeding on the food that your body's trying to digest and again produce more gas Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing which I think a lot of people don't necessarily recognize that can cause bloating is eating too frequently. So mm-hmm. if you're kind of a chronic snacker or a grazer and you are not giving your body enough time in between meals to really mm-hmm. digest things, um, what happens is there's a mechanism called the migrating motor complex, also known as the MMC. And this is something that think of it as kind of like a clean sweep in your stomach. It's okay. basically something that like takes all of the the leftover food that's in your small intestine and just pushes it and makes sure it's makes makes sure it's out of your intestine. And mm-hmm. so 
this is something that is active during fasting and Mm -hmm. it takes about three to four hours for your body to kind of like fully digest something and so if you're constantly feeding your body Mm. food constantly like going out a snack or whatever and I shouldn't say constantly I should just say more frequently than every three to four hours then unfortunately what can happen is there's this undigested or partially digested food that's sitting in your small intestine and again can produce bacteria or can um, cause water to enter your gut the process of osmosis which basically just pulls water into your gut and it can cause bloating Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean there's there's so many different reasons Um, your period too your period absolutely hormones hormones influence Mm -hmm. um water retention specifically that's why your period um makes you bloat a little bit more but also just some of the food cravings that you have on your period i mean food cravings are a very natural part of menstruation and so if you're having more carby foods for example that can cause a little bit more water retention that can cause a little bit more bloating and that um that can be super normal um yeah, I think, oh, another one is um, drinking things with a lot of simple sugar, so especially fructose. So our bodies can only digest a small amount of fructose at a time. And fructose is a, a sugar mostly found in um, fruits and some vegetables and things like that, but also found in a lot of processed foods, things with mm-hmm. high fructose corn syrup, for example. So if you're having lots of juices or things like that, um, Our gut bacteria love fructose and they love to feast on it, but it can cause a lot of gas in your intestines and it can cause a lot of water retention. So, Mm. so yeah, there's, uh, that's another reason. I mean, again, oh, sorry. I was going to ask a question. Do carbonated drinks cause bloating? Yep. That's another good example. Yeah, because I was thinking about, like, it always makes you burp and, like... (laughs) Yep. And just swallowing air. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't recognize, like, when they're eating, sometimes they're they're really wolfing down a meal. That's the... Maybe not the technical term for it, but (laughs) if they're really going at it... And taking so much air. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's good to eat slowly. Absolutely. And another important reason why you should eat slowly is because typically when you're eating slower, you're chewing more. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people forget that digestion really does start in the mouth. And so Mm -hmm. getting, getting the, there's a enzyme called amylase and it breaks Mm -hmm. down carbohydrates. And that's something that like is immediately released when you're chewing food. And so if you're really taking time to chew your food and like go slowly and eat a little bit more mindfully, you're doing, you're, you're really helping your gut and your stomach out by starting that process. Um, And so if you're chewing, you know, I think uh, the recommendation a lot of people like to give is around 15, 20, 25 chews per bite. I know that might sound crazy, but that's really going to help digest food properly so that your gut doesn't have to do as much work and it isn't working so hard Mm -hmm. to break down what you just ate. So yeah, those are kind of some ways to, if you're dealing with discomfort, like I said, there's a lot of different reasons that could contribute to that bloating, but mm-hmm. sometimes even the simplest changes could really make a difference. Um, another change is not wearing really tight clothing. There's actually research that shows that tighter clothing, mm-hmm. it just constricts blood flow and uh-huh. your gut, especially when you're digesting food, requires a lot of energy and a lot of blood huh. flow. So 
I mean, there's a reason why unbuttoning your pants after a meal really helps. Yeah, <laughs> so, and everyone laughs at that, but I know. Wow, but okay, yeah. It truly it. is something that mm-hmm. can help. Or uh, another really simple way to get the digestive juices flowing a little bit is to move and especially make sure you're mm-hmm. not laying laying down after a meal mm-hmm. go for a walk or yes. do like super gentle stretching or yoga I love I mean, after dinner walks yes that mm-hmm. genuinely is a, a, a fabulous way to help your digestive digestive system do its thing i feel like i'm talking funny today <laughs> so i think also people underestimate just how much mental states influence our digestion and what i mean by that is if you are in a high stress state your body is not going to be focusing on digestion Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. a very basic physiological fact Mm -hmm. we have the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system and getting um, us with all the biology today i know it might be too much but i just it helps to know this stuff i think Mm -hmm. but um anyway so you have a rested state and that state is primarily for things that kind of go on in the background and digestion is a good example of that rest and digest is rest and digest exactly parasympathetic exactly yeah and 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 so but if and so much of us are dealing with chronic stress nowadays if we're dealing with chronic stress and it's never ending our body really isn't giving its full attention to digestion Mm -hmm. and um that's something i think that gets very very overlooked especially in our our uh, medical field today Uh, doctors do talk about this with patients but of course there's only so much they can really help in like a 20 minute 30 minute session so yeah chronic stress can absolutely contribute to bloating and sluggish digestion and so contributes to literally um, everything it yeah that's wrong with you (laughs) stress is one of those things that just in in small like acute amounts it's not bad but because Mm -hmm. a lot of us are chronically stressed it Mm -hmm. has a serious like serious negative implications and so some of the things that i've worked with my clients are literally like a meditation practice to help with their digestion because Um, their anxiety was truly the thing that was making it difficult for them to have a healthy gut. And so finding, and it doesn't have to be be meditation, but finding a de-stressing practice, anything that can take your mind off of whatever is going on and, um, can help your body get into that parasympathetic state to be scientific and help with making sure your body is fully focused on digestion or at least mostly focused it's not never mm-hmm. gonna be fully focused but and like um, maybe mindful eating too is along yes those absolutely lines. Mm-hmm. absolutely and you know some of the things that can contribute to stress includes fear of foods and mm-hmm. stress around <laughs> how our bodies may be looking after a meal so if we think about what we were talking about with bloating and maybe the psychological things that go on when people are like, oh my God, I'm so bloated. And, you know, those things aren't doing your body any justice when you're stressed or feeling icky about a very, very normal process that, I mean, I know, unfortunately, that distension, there is a stigma and we can't Mm -hmm. ignore that, but it does start with the way that we view those things and go, oh, okay, no, this is a completely normal process. My body is going to make room for this food, mm-hmm. so I'm going to let it. Yeah. <laughs> we need to work on our anti-fat attitudes as well. Yes. Um, if you can't tell, bloating 
is something that, you know, is affected by a lot of different things in the body. And so it can be hard to pinpoint one reason for why somebody may be chronically bloated, but it's not impossible, especially with the help of a professional. And um, a lot of times, yeah, it is. It, there is multiple reasons why somebody may be dealing with it. And so starting with kind of the lower barrier things that I mentioned earlier, like not wearing tight-fitting clothes or walking after a meal, chewing your food properly, those things can honestly go a long way. I think that could help you mentally too, at least the clothes, because I know a lot of yes. people feel not just physically uncomfortable in tight clothes, but like, yes, kicks off the like negative thoughts and feelings about your body and the body dissatisfaction. Yeah. And so I feel like that's Absolutely. such a good preventive measure of like, yeah, let me wear loose clothes because I'm going to eat. And so that way I don't have to feel bad about my body. Yeah. You know, or, mentally, or not just even physically. wearing something that you can unbutton, like pants mm-hmm. you can button pretty mm-hmm. easily. There should be no shame around that. Like if you yeah. are after a big meal, are like, woo, okay, I got to unbutton my pants. Like do it. Mm-hmm. say this is i'm helping my gut <laughs> i'm doing it for my gut i'm doing it for my my digestive process i don't know yeah definitely if you are feeling like oh shoot okay i deal with this quite frequently and it's not something it's not like psychological discomfort it's physical discomfort that i'm feeling i would say try some of those things um mm-hmm. and try some of those low barrier things and if those don't work then yes absolutely seek out a healthcare professional you know where to find me. No, <laughs> yeah, for real though. www.dishingnutrition.com. Shameless plug. Very shameless. Yeah. But hey, I'm here to help. And I love mm-hmm. working on this stuff with people. I don't know what it is about gut health and digestion, but they're my jam. And I love, I think it's because it's, it's like a puzzle. Like there's so yeah. much to it. And it's, it's very satisfying to help people when we've kind of like figured out, figured out what the, the, uh, cause of their symptoms are so so yeah yeah no it's gut health is really interesting and I feel like it's an aspect of our health that is maybe a little bit underrated in terms of like all like oh my medicine and parts of the body and I think gut health is is fascinating I know it's not totally my area it's just something I'm interested in but it's fascinating and it contributes to so much like the mind gut access access a lot of this is no you're right you got it i said (laughs) i said the wrong word didn't i i said access and it's oh oh my gosh i can't talk either today it's all right it's been a long day for both of us if you guys can't tell (laughs) (laughs) um no i i thought you sounded fine yeah sorry i thought i said the wrong word (laughs) it's all right whatever yeah super fascinating another thing maybe we could do a future episode on is eating disorders and gut health because i think there's like emerging research on that and i would love to talk about that so yeah i think that about wraps it up um yeah for what we wanted to talk about in this episode yep our instagram handles are in the show notes so yeah we thank you guys for listening to this episode and we will catch you in the next one yeah sounds good thanks for being here and joining us in this conversation everybody